you're listening to a message from Victory. God will punish the wicked, but will spare his children. Learn more about this truth in week four of our series, Remember This. In Malachi chapter 3, verses 16 to 18, all the way to chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. Now, if you remember... Originally in the Bible, there are no chapter distinctions. So, isang message lang to. So, I'm reading through. So, chapter 3, verse 16. It says this, Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before Him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed His name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. I will spare them as a man spares his son okay, who serves him. Then, once more, you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked and between one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. And then chapter 4, verse 1, For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant, the evildoers, will be stubble. That day is coming and shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go leaping like calves from the stall. Just a quick background again. Of course, the Israelites came back after 70 years of being exiled in Babylon, or that they were slaves in Babylon, and then after 70 years, by God's hand, they were sent back. It started, in fact, you can read that, Zechariah, the three last three books in the Bible, Zechariah, prophetic books, Zechariah, Haggai, and uh, Malachi, the last three books, you'd correspond then with Ezra. Ezra came and rebuilt the temple. Zechariah, yung kasama niya. And then, together with that, Zechariah was the one who completed. Okay? And then after that, it was not just a temple, but the city. Okay? That the walls of Jerusalem. That even up to day, today, if you go to Israel, the walls of Jerusalem are still there. Okay? I mean, when we went to Jerusalem, you can see that. It's still there. Okay? Thousands of years later. Okay? Ginawayon. It was built. Actually, it was built upon. The old city was under. Anyway, so that was the time of Malachi is after it was finished. Haggai completed that with, uh, when it was the time of uh, Malachi and Nehemiah. If you want to read chronologically, they are contemporaries. If you read Nehemiah and Malachi together. Okay? So what was happening, they went back to Israel. They, the, the temple was there. The city was there. They were going through... Uh, and rebuilding their lives. But what happened was, when they were in Babylon, their, their identity seemed to shift. Before They were very agricultural. Uh, agricultural, they were, they were actually sheep keepers, right? They tended a lot of sheep and all of that. But when they went to Babylon, they shifted and became shopkeepers and merchants. So when they went back to Jerusalem, they were trying to get back to the lifestyle in their own way of life. 
But what was happening is, with all the promises of God, with all these things that they remember, the prophecies about them being blessed, about you know the kingdom being restored, it seems like as they served God, as they did their routines, nothing was happening. They were still under Persian rule. They were still under oppressive. Meron pa silang rule. They were their own nation. But seems like nothing is really happening. So they became very indifferent. Yes, they were doing religious duties. They were offering. And that is what happened in this book. God was coming to them and shaking them from their indifference. And asking them to remember. Remember me and remember this. Because, you know, as you continue with your life, I want you to understand who I am and who you are to me. That's why this last truth that we will study this afternoon, God wants you to remember this just as He reminded them to remember this truth. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. I want you to underline that phrase, treasured possession. Do you know that you are God's treasured possession? You are so valuable in God's eyes. You know, society has a, his, its way of putting its value on us, whether it's through your bank account, through your educational attainment, or through your position, or achievements in life, and whatever, right? Or the lack of it. And so, but you know what? God does not look at these things. God does not look at these things. He looks at us. And it doesn't matter if you failed in the past. Because God relates to us not on the basis of our history, but on the basis of our destiny. Who He called you to be. Who He sees you to be. And He sees you to be a valued treasure. A treasured possession. Now that word treasured possession... It's a very important, it's, it's used over and over again in the Hebrew language and something very intimate. It's actually, it's actually a term of endearment, a very, very intimate term of endearment. How many of you are married here? Mary, can you wave your hand? Okay, many, right? Diba you have your, meron ka yung term of endearment if you are husband and wife. Diba I, you know, I call my wife honey, Okay. Yung iba sa inyo, iba yung term of endearment. Okay, maybe yung tawag nyo honey cured or sweet ham or whatever. Di ba? Meron kayong kanya-kanya. You have your peculiar, peculiar term of endearment. Right? The God has a term of endearment for Israel. Okay, that word literally in, in Hebrew is segula. Segula, the treasured possession. Okay? It's a term of endearment. It's not a financial term. It's not a financial term. It's like saying honey cured. Israel is my honey cured. That's what this means. Israel is my dear. It's a treasure to me. So it's something very personal. So I want you to understand. And I want you to look at your seatmate. Look at your seatmate. Mohabang special yan. Mohang treasure. Maybe right now he doesn't or she doesn't. But you know what? In God's eyes. 
he's special or she's special. No, in God's eyes. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. It, it is rather that makes you special. But God knows it. That's what it is here. And I want you to remember, because the world will always devalue you. The world will always devalue you. If you look at Facebook and all, I mean, I don't want to get into that rabbit hole, but maybe in another preaching. But you know what? Suffice to say, this is your destiny. This is who you are. This is how God sees you. You can look at different scriptures on this, whether it's David in First Chronicles 29, when he was making the temple, and he, he actually gave, offered 3,000 gold and 7,000 talents of silver to create, to, for the temple. Remember that story? But aside from that, he said, I will give you my private treasure. That same word, zegula, I will give you that which is most valuable to me, which is most important to me. That's who you are. Treasured possession. Something very dear and important to God. God treasures so much, treasures you so much, He is quote-unquote crazy about you. He is far more concerned and you matter to God more than you'll ever know. Let me read this text from another version, from the message version of the Bible. And this is what he says. They're mine. Okay? Mahirap sabihin sa katabi mo, you're mine. Okay? Unless you, katabi mo yung asawa mo. Okay? They're mine. All mine. This is God talking. They'll get special treatment when I go into action. I treat them with the same consideration and kindness that parents Give the child who honors them. That's how God sees you. That's how God treats, treats you. And because you are a treasured possession to God, He's claiming you to be that, a treasured possession. He will give you special treatment in three ways. Okay? He will give you special treatment in three ways. First, God will hear you. Say that with me. God hears me. Look at verse 16. Then those who fear the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. I remember this story about this grandfather who had a hearing problem for 10 years. 10 years, he had a hearing, I could not really hear. So he did not do anything about it. But after 10 years, okay, he's 85 now. So 75 siya, nakahearing problem. Went to the ear doctor, finally after 10 years, and the ear doctor gave him some uh, hearing aid. Okay? And so he goes back home and after a month, he comes back for a checkup. And the doctor said, you know, your family must have been so happy that you could hear again. And you know what the grandfather said? Oh no, I did not tell them yet. And you will be so surprised about the conversations, how interesting the conversations are when they know I can't hear them. That's why in this month, I had to change the, my will three times. <laughs> in other words, they were talking bad about him. So that's why he had to change the will. Now, let me tell you, God hears us. God is not like that grandfather who does not 
hear what you are saying. Sometimes, we feel that we... Personally, when people are talking all at the same time, I have four children and growing up in the car, sometimes they will all talk at the same time. And when they all talk at the same time, we can't hear each other. Okay? How many of you have more than two children? All right. Some of you. I mean, you know what I'm talking about probably, right? Unless you're blessed with very obedient children from the start. So we had to teach them one person at a time because we cannot hear, we cannot understand what you're saying. So let me practice it here for the sake of others who don't know what we're talking about. Okay? So I want you to shout your name. Every one of you, on the count of three, I want you to shout your full name. Shout your full name. Okay? It doesn't matter. They won't hear your full name of the others. Okay? One, two, three. Okay? When I say three, go. Shout your full name. Ready? One, two, three. All right. Okay. So, what's your name? Carl. Carl's. Okay. Carl's. Okay. In Russia or in Europe, there's always an S. Uh, that's why my name is Edgar's. <laughs> there. I mean, anyway, you're not Russian, man, no? Okay. Or right, anyway. So, did you hear her full name? No. Okay. How about you? Did you hear his full name, the one in the back? No. Why? Because we're all talking at the same time, right? Because we're shouting at the same time. What if we try to lower the volume and try to whisper? Okay, Bayan? Whisper? Let's try it. Okay? And the count of three, I want you to whisper your mom's full name. Whisper lang. Okay? Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> okay. Narinig mo? What's your name? Ansel. Not Ansel's. Okay. Uh, Ansel. Did, Ansen. Alsen. Sorry. Ako yung hindi may hearing pra. Anyway. <laughs> so, Alsen, did you hear her mother's full name? The one at the back? Oh, okay. Okay. How about you, ma'am? Did you hear her mom's full name? Okay, <laughs> narinig mo eh. So, alright, because natin when it's too loud altogether or when we're whispering, we can't hear, right? But you know what? God doesn't have that problem. He hears it even when we're all shouting all at the same time or even when we are whispering. In fact, even if we don't whisper, God hears the very thoughts and intents of our hearts. And to me, that's something very comforting and something very frightening. Naririnig ni Lord lahat yon, Because literally, what this means when God hears us, okay, the word there means to lock in. To lock in and give careful attention. It's like, or the word here is like, coming between two children, the father coming between two children who are whispering or conversing with one another intimately and listening in like this. God is doing that to you. God knows 
the prayers that you have in secret. That's why you have to be very careful what you say. The Bible says, we will give account even to the every careless word that we speak. Now the Israelites were actually, there were two groups of people. Those who were complaining and grumbling and those who were honoring God. But you know what? No matter where you are today, what you're going through, even if your victory group leader does not hear the cry of your heart, because there's a lot of people who go on with life and cannot share that depressed na pala sila, may problema, God knows and hears the cries of your heart. This is what one commentary describes, how, how he describes the scene. He says, the ears of God strain to hear what the remnant were saying. Kings were making edicts, but God was listening to His people. Generals were giving orders, but God was listening to a handful of people who feared His name. His ears were tuned to His faithful followers. Doesn't matter what the people did in APEC, sila Trump and the others, God was tuning in to your prayers. God was listening in to the cries of His people. Amen? That's why today, whatever you're going through, remember, you're special, your treasure, God's treasure, and God hears where you are. God hears what you're going through. God hears your aspirations. God hears even the sacrifices, the things that nobody else knows. The prayers that you say to others. God hears that. But not only that does God hear us, He gives us special treatment by distinguishing us. That's a second way He gives special treatment. God makes you distinct. Say that to me. God distinguishes me. He will make you distinct. He will make you different. Okay? This is what it says in verse 18. Then once more, you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve Him. And again, you see these two groups of people interplaying. They were all in the same place, the same community, doing the same things, the same routines. But there were, the majority of them were whining, were grumbling and complaining. The other group kept serving God in the midst of experiencing the same problem. Those who were faithful and fearing God are experiencing the same problems, the same challenges as those who were not. Okay, That means no one's exempted. We're going through the same things. And sometimes when we are in this place, we tend to see, okay, everyone's the same. We could do the same routines. We could lift our hands, okay, sing the right song, say the, the right words, right? We can give and do all these things. But there's something that will make you distinct. It's something inside of you that's different. The heart was different. One was grumbling and complaining. The other kept honoring God in spite of what they were going through. Listen, God will make sure that you are different. 
Same trials, same battles, same giants, but different results. We're not going to be exempted, but for those who fear the name of God, those who honor God, there's something else that God is doing. Remember Joshua and Caleb? They were part of the 12 spies. You can read it in Numbers 11, 12, and 13. Part of the 12 spies that Moses sent out to explore Canaan. They went back, they went there, and they, when they went back, they gave different or conflicting results. Remember? The 10 spies said, Wow, the land that God gave was surely spacious. You know, the fruits of the land, the grapes were as big as basketball and all of these things. But, there were giants and we look like grasshoppers. Para tayong tipaklong. Okay? Sa mga giants. Now, Joshua and Caleb had a different take on it. They went to the same place. They saw the same things. But their hearts were different. Because they understood this very thing that God wants us to remember. They understood that God made them distinct that God made them a special people, a treasured possession. That's why for them, it doesn't matter how many giants, how tall the giants, this is what their declaration was in Numbers chapter 14, verse 8. Just take this down. It's not there. But this is what Joshua said. If the Lord delights in us, delights in you, then He will bring us into this land and give it to us doesn't matter what giant, God is bigger than any giant. Let me tell you, God is making a distinction out of you. If you're going through some trials and battles, facing some giants today, remember that you are God's treasure. You are God's possession. He's claiming you to be His treasure. And what you're going through today, that's not the end. Because God is forging and forming something great out, out of what you're going through. Remember this. Behind every problem is a power that God wants to release. There's a power. Whatever problem you're facing today, whether it's a financial, relational, or marital, whether it's something to do with your future, something to do with relationships, something to do with your health, Behind every problem you're facing is a power that God wants to release. Behind, behind every mess is a message that God wants for you to share. There's a message. You may feel like you're in a mess today. You may feel like there's a lot of problems. Remember that you're God's treasured possession and out of that, God will bring a message out of your mess. Behind every test is a testimony that God wants you to share to people. Behind every giant you're facing is a promised land waiting for you to possess. All these things can keep us if we lose sight of what God is doing outward, uh, uh, about, uh, beyond this. There's something that God is doing beyond all these things. And because you are a special treasure 
possession of the Lord. I want you to remember this. There's something God is doing, a treasure inside of you. Yes, you're a treasure, but it's a treasure God is forming inside of you. You know, in Green Hills, but there's a section here that's selling pearls, right? Remember pearls? Okay, for the ladies, sa pearls. Now, I don't know if you know how pearls are formed. Okay? Pearls are formed when the oysters, okay, yung mga oysters, get an irritation. Usually there's sand that goes in, and so the oyster gets irritated, and to remove the irritation, it excretes an enzyme to coat the irritation. And so, nawawala irritation, but again, sand comes in, and more irritation, and it coats again. And palaki ng palaki yan. And out of all those irritations, coated by the right things, comes a pearl that is a treasure, valuable to all of us. Listen, you may be going through a lot of problems, a lot of situations, irritations, giants and challenges. But I believe God wants you to quote this with faith, with prayer. God wants you to quote this with His love. And out of those problems, out of those situations, something beautiful, something invaluable, something, a treasure inside of you is forming. Yes, you are God's treasure, but there's also a treasure that God wants to release. And what is that? It's Christ-likeness, the character of Christ inside of you. That even though the enemy will try to tempt, the enemy will try to discourage you, when you respond properly, God's treasure inside of you will be released. And there will be a distinction between you and the world, between you who serve and fear and honor Him and those that don't. And you will be like a city on a hill. And let me tell you, let me tell you, you will be God's testimony. You will be God's message, that living epistle. You will be that catalyst for the power of God, for the love of God to be experienced by many. Amen? That's why in your, if you are not in a small group, in a victory group, I believe you just need to get connected and let others pray for you, cover you, cover that irritation, share that to others, and watch how God turns that irritation into something very beautiful and valuable. Amen? So God hears you. God distinguishes you. And finally, third way God gives special treatment to you is God heals you. Say that to me. God heals you. God will heal you. God will make sure. Now, look at verse verse 2 of chapter 4. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with what? Healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Now the word healing is not just talking about physical healing. It literally means wholeness. Where what, what was once broken, God is going to heal and make whole and redeem and restore. That's what it means. I did not... If you remember in verse 1, God was talking about those who dishonor Him. 
He will burn up like stubble. He will judge. And there will be burning. And there will be judgment. And then verse 2 makes that distinction. But for those of you who fear my name, healing will come. There's burning and destruction and judgment for one. And there's healing. The same fire that can destroy houses, the same fire can cauterize and bring healing to others. Right? It's the same thing. It's one cause. It's one source, but different effects. Let me tell you, you may be going through something today. God wants to make whole of that. You may feel like, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I feel like I'm burnt up, burnt out. I feel like invaluable. I feel like trash because of what has happened to me, because of the relationships, because of he trampled me or she trampled me, or because this, my, my, my business has collapsed and all of these things. Let me tell you, there's hope beyond that. Instead of grumbling, you go to God and quote that with humility, with surrender. Quote that with prayer and watch God turn the trash into something valuable, something beautiful that will glorify and honor His name. Listen, the people of God experience judgment. Israel experienced judgment. But they had redemption. They were brought back. Right? That is part of our destiny. Those who fear His name, those who serve Him, those who honor Him, redemption is part of our destiny. Whether here on earth or when we are finally glorified on Jesus' return. But that's part of our destiny. Full redemption. That's why we can always have hope in spite of what we're going through. Let me end with this story and close with the story. You know, Ravi Zacharias, that apologist, famous apologist, in the 1971, he was traveling and preaching in Vietnam before the Vietnam War. And he had an interpreter. His name was Yen Pham. Okay, he's a Christian. And then what happened during the Vietnam War, the Viet Cong soldiers okay, rounded up all the Christians, had them imprisoned, tortured, and they were trying to indoctrinate and get them to renounce okay, Christianity by indoctrinating it with Marxism, with all of these things, and torturing them so that they will fall out of faith. And so every single day, he would experience something bad and his prayers were not answered. He was still there and he get bad treatment every day. He was assigned all kinds of mean, uh, 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 mean uh, tasks. And so one day, he was finally about to quit. Say, nothing's happening. Parema Israelites, they're about to give up. What's the use of serving God? That's their complaint primarily. If you read verse 15 and 14, Lord, what is the use of serving you? So I mean, Lord, this is going to be my last day. Tomorrow, I'm not going to be a Christian anymore. I'm not going to pray. I'm just going to stop. And so, as he was there, he was assigned during that day to clean the toilet of the officers. And of course, it's a military camp, so it's going to be very messy. Okay? 
toilet. So he was cleaning, very, very messy. And then he, out of that uh, side of his eye, he saw a tin can, okay, lata, filled with used soiled toilet paper. I don't want to be so, okay, okay, <laughs> it's used, okay. So nakakalat, but something different about the texture of the paper. So what he did, he pulled it out. Nakita niya from afar, nakita niya, may nakalagay, printed out, Romans chapter 8. So what he did, he looked around, got it, washed it, put it in his pocket, and nung gabi, at night, he went to his room and began to read. A portion lang. And he read, for all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. For nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And with that, he began to cry. Because that day, remember, he said, I'm going to stop serving God. I'm not going to pray anymore. And he knew that God was creating something. And so he said, Lord, whatever happens, I'm not going to quit. This is a sign from you. So he said, I'm going to, whatever happens, okay, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to coat this hardship with prayer, with faith, with hope, with your love. So the following day, he says, can I be assigned again to the toilet? <laughs> and so he was there. Sure enough, the officers were using the Bible as toilet paper. So every day, he would get one piece of paper and every day he would read from the Bible. And every day, his faith began to grow. Every single day, God was forming that pearl until finally, by some supernatural circumstance, he got out of prison. He was still in Vietnam and now he wanted to get out of Vietnam. So he's building a boat together with several of his you know, countrymen. And be- several days before they were supposed to launch out, okay, four Viet Cong soldiers knocked in his door. And they asked him, are you building a boat to get out of Vietnam? And she was a little frightened and said, uh, no, no, we're not building a boat. Oh, okay, so they left. And so he was actually relieved that they left, but at the same time, he was convicted because he lied. <laughs> and so, said, Lord... I don't want to lie. So if they come again, I hope they don't come again, but if they come again and they ask me again, I will tell the truth the next time. So they were finished. They were, he was fixing the boat, all of them. There were 54 of them. So finally, several hours before they were going to boat and sail out, the four veteran soldiers came again and knocked. And so, oh no. Why did they have to come now? Sana after na lang. And they asked him again, are you building a boat? to go out of Vietnam. And he said, and he confessed, yes, we're building a boat. And so he was closing his eyes and then the four soldiers whispered to him, we want to go with you. (laughs) And so all of them went out to the boat and experienced some of the strongest storms in the sea. The, The boat almost capsized and they were about to drown and he was about to complain and say, Lord, do you want me to die here? Bakit dito? Hindi sa ano? But Lord, I'm going to trust you. And you know what happened? Those four Vietnam, Viet Cong soldiers were expert sales, sailors. And they were the ones who got them out of that storm and able to land into Thailand 
and he became a popular speaker, a businessman, someone to give that testimony. That test became a testimony. That mess became a message. That giant was enabled him behind that to go to a promised land. Listen, God wants to do the same for you if we respond right. For those who fear my name, the son of righteousness will bring healing in its wings to all of you. Let's bow down and pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have not abandoned us. We are his treasured possession. Some of you need to know that. Some of you need that to be embedded because you have been pounded again and again through your experience that you are invaluable. Nawala kang kwenta. Maybe because of the pain you're experiencing. Maybe because of the heartbrokenness. Maybe because of what has happened yes. in you, in your schooling, in your, in your career. You've lost hope. But let me tell you, God is speaking right now and telling you, you are important to me. You are valuable. You are my treasured possession. Amen. And right now, I want to redeem the things that have caused you to be yes. broken. Some of you are on the verge of giving up. I don't know what yes, they're going Lord. through, but you know. Yes. You hear them. Yes. You're actively listening. Yes. And so even right now, I pray, Father, that you do a mighty work. That pearl that you're shaping, yes. that you're molding inside mm. of them. Lord, I pray for faith and hope to be released. Yes. Father, I pray for healing Hallelujah. to come. I pray for yes, restoration Lord. and wholeness. And I pray... Father, that you would continue to whisper to them every single day that they are valuable to you, that you died for them. Hallelujah. And so even right now, I pray, Father, that healing would come, restoration would come, so that they'll continue to honor you and they'll be distinguished in your sight. You just heard a message from Victory. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or like our page on Facebook.